Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Mrs. Urgent, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the, I, I want to say Smuggler 3, but that's not it. It's the Intrepid Trio. Kyle and Eric and myself, Mike, how's everyone doing? You're good. How are you? And I've totally lost Eric's audio. Well, that's what happens when you hit the mute button so you can cough during the intro. Ah, uh, uh. I understand that. Well, I'm going to say at time of recording, I'm going to give congrats to the U.S. Olympic women's hockey team for winning gold after a 20-year delay from the last time they won gold, which was the first time women's hockey was in the Olympics back in yeah. 98 at Nagano. Also want to say congrats to the... Uh, was it the women's medley or relay for um, for alpine skiing? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Watch, yeah, they got gold. Watch the replay of the announcers with that whole thing. You would have thought they lost their mind. Yeah. Um, but congrats there. Um, congrats to the men's curling team for making it to the gold medal match, beating Canada. Sorry, Don. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, she she she's she doesn't understand what's going on right now. <laughs> like, sorry, buddy. Um, but check out the website mightymarvelgeeks.net. Uh, support our affiliates. Um, ripped apparel, superherostuff.com, loot crate, and TV TV online. They're the ones I keep forgetting because it's such an odd name. TV store online. Oh, why can't I get it right? Images are on the site. Click them. If you buy something, it supports us. It supports them at no additional cost to you. So check it out. Uh, also, too, any ideas or suggestions for a pick of the week or a Marvel Unlimited pick, email us at mmg at mightymarvelgeeks.net or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Twitter at Marvel Geeks or on Facebook at Mighty Marvel Geeks. We want to hear from you. Now, on to the business. Speaking of hearing from you, um, Marvel has been busy this week. Let's just go through with, oh, Marvel Comics Fresh Start. Again. I will get to that in a second. You're not listening to a repeat episode. Excuse me, issue, because we have issues. Yes. Uh, Then that follows with this headline. that I get in our press releases from Marvel. Marvel announces Avengers number one. Uh, 
which will be written by Jason Aaron and art by Ed McGinnis. If Jason does with the Avengers what he did with Thor, Strange, and Star Wars, and I say more Star Wars because that's more of an ensemble piece and more of a team-like yeah. piece, Avengers is going to be the bomb. Avengers is going to rock. I, yes, it is. I already have high hopes for this title. Now, I do, I do have one question because – and we were discussing this before we started recording the show. Um, we we saw the cover art of it, and the art looks really, really good because yep. it's got it's got Steve Rogers, it's got Tony Stark, it's got Thor Odin's son, you know, metal arm and everything. But it also has Robbie Reyes's Ghost Rider, right? Yeah, and I'm just thinking, it's like, okay. You've got all these characters. You've also you also got Doctor Strange. You've got uh, you know the, the She Hulk. You've also got um, oh Lord, who am I missing? Uh, Captain Marvel. All of these characters are are team players, right. except for Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider has not historically been a team, team. guy. Right. He, he's mainly been better on his uh, on his own title on his own mission. You know, sometimes you would team up, and and, and the team ups were fun. Mm-hmm. But he has never been long term team right. guy. Right. I want the I want this Jim Chung poster or art piece. I want a copy of that. That's all I got to say. I'm 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 curious to see how Robbie will fit in with the rest of the team because yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's 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 going to be. I, I think that's the one X factor. Like everybody else, either has been an adventure or they've been a part of another team. Right. So you, you've seen that dynamic. Well, here, here here's one of my favorite phrases mm-hmm. out of the press release, um, and this kind of sums up the entire fresh start concept. So the comment is made. Uh, from executive editor Tom Brevoort. This isn't a cleaning of the slate. While these new starts will kick off with number one, new number ones, we will be maintaining the classic legacy issue counts as dual numbering on these titles as well. Oh, and oh, don't read. Right. Let's make it even more confusing. And, sure, why and, not? And oh, don't read anything into not seeing a character on the Jim Chung piece we can only squeeze so many characters onto there without killing poor jim but as you pointed out okay issue one slash issue 322 it's how long how long are you going to do that without it being confusing i mean like the whole legacy thing was confusing yeah i mean i get the idea i get the basic idea is kind of like oh we're going to go back to the numbering as if it, it's run continuously ever since issue number one the first issue number one right. i get that but at some point you've just got to say enough is enough and if it's a reboot reboot it right if it's a restart restart it if it's not don't call it that right well, then we move on. Next announcement I get uh, on the 20th, Marvel announces Venom number one. And the, the team on that will be Donnie Cates as writer and artist and cover by Ron, or Ryan Stegman. Then it conti- still on Tuesday, we get some more. Um, Marvel Unlimited, join today for five bucks a month if you do the annual plan. So pay for the annual membership for 60 bucks using the code PANTHER. And it, you you have to buy the year up front, but it translates into five bucks a month. It's a great deal. 
then then it continues even more. Marvel announces Black Panther number one, and it's going to be written by Tanisha Coates and art and cover by Daniel Acuna. And it continues even more. Free comic book day 2018, your first look. Okay, I know this doesn't have anything to do with Fresh Start, but wait, it does. Because free comic book day 2018 is your perfect chance to dive into the Marvel Universe. And today, Marvel is excited to reveal your first look at the previously unseen cover of free comic book day Avengers number one. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So... What is Fresh Start, as we were saying? Now that I got through all those announcements, Fresh Start is a new series, new creative teams, new directions, and new beginnings. Promises a short announcement video on Marvel Entertainment YouTube announced this week. Uh, Featuring in the video is Comics Editor-in-Chief C.B. Sabolsky and Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesada. Um, Basically, it tells... uh, what's going to be what was revealed on Tuesday and what's coming in in coming weeks uh, I've, here's a quote from Sabolsky I've never seen more enthusiasm and more excitement for where Marvel is going this year uh, as he said of the feeling within the Marvel offices just before the images of Captain America Iron Man and Thor sweep across the screen uh, he also says that the relaunch will feature the biggest line line-wide change in artistic talent since 2012's Marvel Now relaunch. Um, of course, the video, uh, or no, of course, you know, with Sobolski himself being new to the role, uh, there's been other sweeping changes at Marvel, regardless of the launches, relaunches, including Brian Michael Bendis gone, and Dan Slott announcing that he was leaving the Amazing Spider-Man title after 10 years to writing an unannounced Iron Man title. Now, here here's an update uh, from Polygon about this. Um, at least one aspect of the relaunch has been revealed. Marvel's numerous Avengers titles will be considered will be condensed, condensed. To, to a single book, which will kick off in Avengers number one in May, which is awesome. Can yeah, we do this with X Men, please? About. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it would be nice. I mean, I, I give me two because there's so many X Men out there. You could give me two, but don't give me fifteen. You know, you could give me a second Avengers book as long as it's got the words West Coast in the title. How did I know that was coming? <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying. You know, West Coast, the West Coast Avengers, I, I see them coming back. I mean, North Coast got love. So I think West Coast is, is due. As North something. Coast. Oh, regular Avengers, yeah. But, uh, okay. Well, Take Great Lakes Avengers. Great, Great Lakes. Great Lakes. Stunk. Yeah. Even though Squirrel Girl was there, it yeah. stunk. Okay. Did y'all notice in the Polygon article, Avengers is going to be published 18 times a year. Yeah. 18 rather than 12. So there's going to be six months. It's going to be a double issue, double, double yeah. release. Well, yeah. figure what Star Wars. I mean, we were talking a bit, talking about that before show for May, you know, as we were looking at the May solicits, there's two issues of Star Wars plus an annual coming out in May. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, so apparently Star Wars has been releasing more than, 12 times a year as well yeah. at least 14 
Yeah, I just so, wonder how that's going to work out. I mean, if it, if they could keep that going, more power to them. Well, the question is, how do you how do you schedule what months get two and what? I mean, do you go okay January one, February two, January or January two, February one, March two, April one? I mean, how, how it's kind of like counting. It's kind of like doing the 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 knuckle trick for the calendar. There's like you know each knuckle has thirty one days, and it's kind of like you know well, on the knuckle oh, you get so, two issues. Right. So right. that's that's what I've been doing wrong with February. February does not go on a knuckle, Mike. Okay. Oh, it does not. No. But they no. drag. But Sorry. February February drags knuckles, <laughs> even being a short month. Now. CBR then comes back and goes, okay, the last thing we need from Marvel is another relaunch. And I just and realized. And I am in full agreement with it. And I just realized we could have turned this into that other story we were looking for. Yeah. That's true. But. So, well, I mean, I hate to say it, but they're right. Yeah. I mean, Marvel has been, and I've said it before here. In the past, it's like it, they seem to be in this mode of let's just see what sticks to the wall. Right. Yeah. Well, and he, just throw anything there and just keep rebooting and rebooting and rebooting. is kind of like I, I realize that, that folks today have shorter attention spans, but still, right. this is, this is kind of taking it a little bit too far. And I will give Marvel credit in learning part of its lesson and saying we're going to do a – a moratorium on line-wide events like Civil War II and whatever. Right. But it's kind of like, dude, can we keep one continuity for more than 18 months, please? Right. Well, here, here's my thing. The, my biggest takeaway from this article from CBR.com is the biggest issue with comics in the modern era is that they are, by and large, hidden from the public eye. I don't know about you guys, but I know, well, Kylan knows a little bit because he and I talked about this. My grandmother and my dad lived in Kent, Ohio. My grandmother lived there. My dad grew up there. Literally half a block down from my grandmother's house is this was this convenience store. You walk in the door, look to the right. There's a magazine rack with comics. Yeah. You go to any grocery store, go to the magazine rack. There were comics. Comics. If it wasn't on the rack, there was a, a rotary rack mm -hmm. with comics. Yeah. yeah. Where, I, where I lived in Kentucky, the, the grocery store, if you want to call it that, I mean, we're talking a town of 500. So whatever the, was considered the grocery store, the place to get food, it wasn't like your normal grocery store. It was a mom and pop place. They had two magazine racks and one was nothing but comics. They were right there. Now, like this story is getting into, in order to obtain floppies, what, what we call analogs, or what I call analogs, in order what to... What most of you would call hard copies, actual comic books. But I like I like floppies. Floppies and digital. No, you tell me, you, you use the word floppies around me, I'm thinking these little discs that are about like three and a half inch wide or five and a quarter inch wide yeah. that you would yeah. stick into an old computer disk drive. See, for, for me, I still like my audio analogy, analog and digital. <laughs> you want your analog <laughs> copies 
Um, in order to obtain, and I'm going to paraphrase, your, to obtain analogs, a customer has two options at their disposal. They can either go to a specialty store, if there's one in town, to make a purchase or sign up for a subscription service online, be it digital or mail order. Both of these options can be quite daunting for unguided newcomers. Sure, comic book movie. Or you go to a place like Books a Million or Barnes & Noble. I I would still think that would be listed as specialty store because that is a See, when you say specialty store, I think of like your God's Monsters or or Coliseum Comics. Yeah, your local comic book shop. Kylan, plug your store. Since we're plugging stores, uh, JC's Comics and Cards, uh, which I, I could, I wish there was a camera so you could see the stack of trades that I bought this week because he decided to clear out his racks and he put a ton of his trades on a five dollar rack. I Holy got crap. Oh I, man, we bought ten trades. I bought, and I gotta tell you, these are some of these were books that you could walk into any comic shop and pay full price for. It. I got Captain America Winter Soldier for five bucks. I got Great book. Uh, the Captain America run by uh, Dan Jurgens for five bucks. Jurgens run was okay. I got yeah. Actually, I got uh, volumes one and two of that. I got Wolverine Blood Debt uh, with uh, Larry Stru- Larry Stucker and Steve Skrokey. Five bucks. Nice. New Warriors Beginnings. Yes. The trade. Yes. Five bucks. Yes. Volume three of New Warrior Classic. No, sorry, four. But it doesn't matter. Five bucks. Ghost Rider Resurrection with uh, Dan Ketch. Yes. Five bucks. This is kind of stuff that you you don't get this kind of deal uh, from online. Yeah. Not not well, like this. Comicology, if you're lucky, will run deals like that for the digital copies of those books. Yeah. But yeah. again. Um, Sure, comic book movies are the new shorthand for blockbuster cinema, but maybe if the parent studios behind them advertised their source material in any other manner beyond ads for comics in other comics, they might make some new true believers. Yeah. You know what? Marvel – no, go ahead. No, no, hit it. I'm surprised that Marvel doesn't – put a little boop out there you know right before the movie starts like you know you know hey why don't you hit your local comic shop and get you know or if you like if you if you like marvel why don't you go to your local comic shop and get boom because i tell you uh, for a lot of people especially let, let's say just for instance people who went to see black panther and i know a lot of my co-workers who went to see it that never stepped foot in a marvel in a, a marvel movie at all that movie at least the way everything was laid out was a perfect job Jumping off point for someone who had never walked into a Marvel movie. Well, who, who's to and, say? Who's to say Marvel Studios or, or, or Marvel Entertainment paid for like a trailer type thing, and then asks for okay, contact the local comic book shops in the area, mm-hmm. contact them all, and go here. We have this little bumper. That we're going to play as the last trailer before the movie mm-hmm. for each area, like for the Orlando area, Orlando markets. Hey, would you like your comic book store listed in this? If so, it's this much money. I mean, my theater was right down the street from my comic shop. That would have been a perfect, perfect thing for them to do. You know, if they, see, if they have, came, if they suggested came, suggested this stuff earlier. If they came in, to us and said, "Hey, issues. Mighty Marvel geeks, do you, you know, you know, we know you're talking about this. Do you want to throw your name on the, 
on a trailer for for the three markets you, for the for the three areas that you guys live in or just in general it's going to cost you 1500 bucks i would figure out how to come up with 1500 bucks for that yeah yeah i'll definitely pitch in for that yeah yeah <clears throat> but i i don't know we have we have talked about the the potential for cross pollination on this show before yeah and we said like if you're marvel if you're smart this is a way that the movies can can help boost your your comic sales and vice versa by just doing not even a tremendous amount, just a token amount of coordination. And you just you don't see it. It's just it's just kind of frustrating because Kylan, like you said, your your coworkers who may not have known who Black Panther was before this movie came out. Right. But because they've seen it, say, I want to know more. Well, that's a perfect opportunity for Marvel to direct these people to their local comic book shops. It right. really is. To Marvel Unlimited. Yep. And well, just and say, this is, you know, this is what you can do. This is how you get there. But you just, it, it's kind of like, apparently we should be running this show. <laughs> Well, we are running this show. Well, I'm talking I mean, the bigger show. True. I mean, even on the uh, even on the Netflix shows, they never. I mean, no. I mean, they, there's never any outright advertisement for you know any of the comics. You know, and if anything, if anything, what you would get would be somebody remembering, oh, there's a cartoon, and that's all fine and good. But the cartoons aren't, you know, they aren't necessarily going to get people to their yeah. local comic shops or to your local bookstore, depending on what your situation is. Yeah. And I hate to say this. I think uh, the more I think about it, the more the, the more I see it starting back in the early 90s, where you had, you know, going to direct sales. And mm-hmm. you saw, and, and part of that was the big rush to, to where comics stopped being comics and started becoming collector values, valuables. Yes. Collectibles. And you had all these other comic book companies springing up uh, at the time. And, yes, I I worked for one of them and was a victim of the glut, as as it came to be called. But that's when you you saw the the comic books start disappearing from the neighborhood grocery stores and your your local five and dimes. And, And and I think that if you're lamenting the fact that comics are no longer visible, I think that's where you start. Yeah. I think so. I agree. Yeah. So, well, enough with the fresh start. We'll wait and see how it ha- how it turns out, but some other cool exciting news coming down the pike. And this is actually a, a kind of a fresh start, but kind of a fresh start in another medium. Um the news is it just broke earlier this week that, uh, according to Deadline, uh, Deadline has reported that Disney is developing a new animated series based on a Marvel property. This time around, <clears throat> it's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And I'm actually tickled about this because when we come around to Picks of the Week, who's the one that keeps picking that title? Oh, that would be me. I was gonna say Kylan. I had a fifty-fifty shot. Just, just because the thought of, just the thought of a a, of a nine-year-old. It's like a girl and her pet dinosaur. 
I mean, it's just kind of like one of those that you you hear it out of context, and you just like this is one of the most this is the craziest, most stupid idea ever. But here it is, and it's it's actually it's it's gone. It's it's been a lot more popular than people would have originally thought. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's great because well, Devil Dinosaur it's is an old character, uh, and it's just it's it's a great fresh new spin on it. And for those of you who who don't know, uh, this is a uh, it's the comic that was uh, done by Amy Reader, Brandon Montclair, and Natasha Bustos. Uh, this will follow the adventures of nine year old super genius Lanella Lafayette or Lafayette depending on who, who, where you're at, an African-American girl who teams up with her crimson-colored dinosaur and uses her smarts to save the day. Now, this is, that, that's a quote from Deadline, which, of course, we know because Lanella is the smartest character in the Marvel Universe, which we need that already. Right. Uh, she is, in fact, an inhuman who has the ability to switch consciousness with Devil Dinosaur. Interesting. Now, just think about this. You have a nine-year-old super genius in a T-Rex's body. On the other hand, you have a T-Rex's brain inside a nine-year-old. Some people may say it's not much of a difference, but you never know. There's too many Julios by the schoolyard. I mean, sorry. Oh, no, don't, don't even go there. <laughs> but, uh, uh, actually, a uh, the name of, there's a there's a high powerful name attached to this project, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Wow. Yes. Um, he is uh, also working in a project for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. He's working on that. And this is this is in addition to it. And it's just, I don't know about you. I, I could watch Lawrence Fishburne in just about anything. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so. it, it, I think one of my favorites is Event Horizon, just because I just think it's great. Yeah. I have yet to see that. You oh, need to see it. you got to see it, it. it. This has absolutely nothing to do with Marvel, but... Bro, you got to go and see that movie. Oh, we'll do. It's like watching Forrest Whitaker in Black Panther. Really? Yes. Oh, uh, that okay. <laughs> but that that is if Forrest Whitaker was in Black Panther. Oh, wait. <laughs> also, if you get a chance, Fishburne did a version of Othello with Kenneth Branagh. Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that one. Amazing. That one rocked. Yeah. That that amazing. I am not a huge Shakespeare movie guy, but that one that one nailed it. Nailed it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Um, there still hasn't been any any announcement as to what network it's going to be on, if it's going to be part of this uh, Disney streaming service or or what. But just the fact that it's still – the fact that it's going to – well, all right, we don't even know that it's been greenlit. For all we know, it has not yet been greenlit. Right. But the, that there, this is even being worked on. To me, I just I, – I, I'm giddy. I am yeah. giddy. I'm excited well, for Well, okay. This. Now, I – now tell me this because because this is something I'm not of, of course it's a book that I haven't I, I have not read but it's one that I've actually talked to a friend about and actually suggested for her daughter because uh, her daughter is I guess she's starting to get into comics and, uh, and so my friend would want her daughter to I I guess it'd be good for her to see uh, see someone who looks like her and yeah. I and I my and my and I automatically went to. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, uh, because 
was no, I, I knew that the character was very intelligent um and and, and I knew that that I don't know it just seems like that there was a lot that would be appealing to say adolescent or preteen girls is that true I would say yes okay. I would say yes one thing I, I I, I am coming to this from from a, you know a, a nearly fifty year old white guy's perspective. Right. Oh, so, you know I don't have a lot of experience being a preteen girl, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> but if anytime you have a title, a successful title, where one of the central characters is a is a kid, then that's immediate more relatable. Right. It's something you know. You can show I, I could show my my kid when he's eight years old. I could show him, uh, you know, Captain America, and he goes, "Oh, that's cool." But if I show him, if I showed him a, a title with an eight year old kid as the hero, well, then that's just even more cool, right? Yeah. Because it is that relatability. You see, you see a young kid doing great things. You see, you know, a young kid being the hero. And I guess it's like part of the appeal of Kamala Khan as well. But this is slightly different. Scene. Yeah. So now you see, you know, you have. With uh, with Sam Alexander as yes. uh, and the ultimate Spider-Man with the with the young Iron Fist and young Luke Cage and 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 the young White Tiger. Yes. So that that makes it because you know these the characters in the mainstream Marvel universe those versions they're not teenagers they're not young no no that's one thing that's I think that was one particular reason why Kitty Pride was so popular yeah in the comics because. She was, for the longest time, she was like 15 years old. And Bobby, for that matter, too. Mm-hmm. And if uh, if you may you may be familiar with this concept is a uh, over in Britain they had these uh, this genre of uh, of of literature it was the boys own adventure okay yeah. and base basically it's the same thing it's kind of like you know a kid gets swept up in this grand adventure and that's what made it appealing because it made it relatable it made it approachable so I think I, I think that is probably one of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaurs, you know, greatest strength is because, you know, she's she's young, so there's that. Um, right. She she is a she she is a young lady of color, so there's that as well. And plus, there's a dinosaur in it, and dinosaurs are cool. Yes, they are. Every young kid likes I mean, it's right there in title, you know what you're getting. Yes. So, yes, I'm giddy. I'm excited, and I can't wait to see when this does get greenlit and where it does wind up. You know, fine young cannibals would be happy about this too. She drive you crazy too? Didn't they do a song about dinosaurs? No, you're thinking about um, you're thinking about what's not was walk the dinosaur. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, that sorry, completely it's okay, completely different. So, well, <laughs> let's go from one group to another group, shall we? A group that's yes. hitting a major mile mark soon. Oh yeah, um and, and it's hard it's hard to believe. Uh but yeah, Ages of Shield is approaching their 100th episode. How many of us thought there? Ah, you know, we we were surprised that it was going to make past make it past the first season, you know. But we're we're nearing a hundred episodes, so go us. Um, and so yeah, so when we get back, uh, on March 9th, uh, 
let's uh, let's go in the way back machine. You remember at the end of last season, uh, Colson made a deal uh, with with Robbie Reyes, uh, Ghost Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. uh, to take down uh, Ada. Yep. And he never he 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 just kind of played off what the deal was. Welcome uh, March 9th, We are going to find out what that deal was all about. Uh, and I mean, in the in the episode, it's titled "The Real Deal." Um, I bet you it's hot. I know. <laughs> so yeah, so we will uh, finally find out uh, where. Uh, so Colson's going to come clean about the deal he made with Ghost Rider, uh, so that he could be temporarily possessed by the demon. Um, okay, so this was an article that we got from Sci-Fi uh, with a nice little image of Colson being possessed by the spirit vengeance um so yeah so now this is going to be a huge impact on everyone on the sealed team um and clark Gregg, uh in an interview with uh, entertainment weekly uh in early january teased that the reveal will be something that would take the fans for a spin especially considering it's the 100th episode so you know the show has to go big or go home and this is a direct quote fans who hope that a 100th episode will contain something uh that will be a cataclysmic event or a gigantically resonate event for their feels after 100 episodes will not be disappointed. Yeah. We have high hopes, Clark Gregg. We do. So I'm just saying. High hopes. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't be allowed to sing. Yeah, you totally <laughs> should, man. I would know. But... <laughs> Uh, but um, so the show is going to re- show will return uh next week March second. Uh, that episode will be all the comforts of home. Uh, so we will be seeing the team returning back to Earth. Uh, following their trip to space and the future. So technically, space and time. Uh, which you know that reminds me of Doctor of Doctor Who, which was a Marvel <laughs> comic back in the seventies. Just saying. Anyway, I have a um, couple of those. <laughs> really. Yes. Uh, Art by Dave Gibbons. Sounds like I need to get a couple of those. I believe that was um, uh, Tom Baker. Yes, it was the Tom Baker. So, yeah. So so now, so with the team coming back, uh, we find out that Colson is dying, which is something we already know. Uh, And we learn. Been there, done that. And we learn from the future, from future Yo-Yo, that the team has to apparently let them die to prevent the end of the world. Uh, knowing our S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, uh, we're not sure they're going to leave that alone. Now, the thing is, Coulson has died once. Yes. And, you know, we don't we don't know what the, what, you know, what exactly was made up of, what, what that deal consisted of with the Spirit of Vengeance. And Coulson still has has Cree stuff in him. So we got a lot that's going on right now. Yeah, we do. Yep. He's still got some Cree juice in there. He's still got the Cree juice. But yeah, this is going to be interesting because, I mean, Colson did, for all intents and purposes, make a deal with the devil. He did. He and did. It's kind of, he should be used to that by now, considering his his stint as the former director and just all the all the little dealings and plates he's had to twirl to keep at the same time to keep just keep being able to fight the bad guys. 
Yep. Yeah, I you know I don't and that you know and I'm trying to I try to ask myself uh no are they going to kill him again again and will it be for good I don't know just <laughs> so eat the Whedons yeah you know that would definitely make Whedon happy you know because he wasn't too happy that they brought him back so which I get but at the same time dude this is comic books yeah you know and I'm like you can't you can't kill everybody Joss you know. I know I, he likes his kid. He, he likes to kill people. That's the thing. He does. But you know what? You don't have to take out everyone. Just yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, mister, I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I soar. Sometimes guys can come back from the dead. Oh, I, I'm still mad at him over that. One. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yes. We, we vented. Well, yes. <laughs> how about we unvent? Toy Fair was this past weekend. Was it? Yes. Sneaks up on me. And coming from Toy Fair, from Hasbro, some great stuff. How about the very attention-getting Marvel Legends Infinity Gauntlet? This thing is huge. Is it, like, life-size? Can we wear it? Yeah. Because I... Yeah, if it's the one that Ryan Panagos was showing off on Twitter and on Facebook... Oh, heavens. You know, Ryan could just be, like, getting the prop from the movie. That's true. And that would just be a cruel tease. Yeah, but it's not a prop. Not with the way this thing was looking. It, it was the toy because he was at Toy Fair. Uh, also on the heels of the Marvel Studios Black Panther release, Marvel has a Marvel Legends series Black Panther electronic helmet coming. Yes, I saw that. And this oh, thing man. is gorgeous. And it makes me wonder, how come Disney isn't using this with their Black Panther meet and greet? This type of look. Well, I guess what they are kind of... Do they still make stuff that glow with the show with that feature? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. A while back, not too long ago, Disney was coming out with these like the these Mickey ears and other things that uh, they called yeah. it glow with the show, and they would sync up with whatever nighttime spectacular was yeah. going on in the parks. They're and not do- oh. they're not doing that right now. Oh. Now, if you if you look at this story from Marvel.com and you look at the pictures of the Infinity Gauntlet, you, I want you that see, Infinity. You, you can see a a model wearing it. And it's huge. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's huge. Um, but with this Black Panther helmet, uh, of course it's going to be like this. Mm. Pictures for it don't want to load. Uh, details. Uh, the lenses flip up and down on the eyes. <laughs> right. The detail on the mask is absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, you slide the back plate out so you can put your head in. Oh. And then it snaps shut. Oh, no, that does look cool. That I, I, I love the design of this helmet. I really do. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Um, also coming, too, are plenty of new margin Marvel Legend figures. Uh, Deadpool, Spider-Man, X-Men. Uh, with Spider-Man and Spider-Man from House of M, uh, Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Spider uh, looks good. An older Daredevil. Yeah. Elektra, Doc Ock, Cloak and Dagger. This is an amazing looking set. That is, that is amazing. But you know what else is amazing? Wolverine and his motorcycle. Yes. Magneto and um, Sabretooth. Also coming for the 10th anniversary of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How about... Marvel Legends figures based on the studio costumes, like Iron oh, Man, yeah, Captain America and Crossbones, the Hulkbuster and Hulk, Ooh, Ronin, Omega Red, the uh, Mach One armor with Tony, okay, yeah. um, Iron Patriot, and of course Pepper with the with the armor on the arm, and yeah. uh, and uh, oh crap, what's his name? Kingsley's character, oh, Mandarin? Uh, the Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah. 
Okay, please tell me, though, that you see this picture of Spider-Ham. Peter, Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, is getting his own Marvel Legends figure. Finally. Wait, hold on. If he's getting one, uh, does Howard the Duck get one? Howard the Duck needs one. Yeah, I'm saying Peter Porker gets one. Howard should get one. I want Spider-Ham. I'm not saying. I'm saying. Sauron looks pretty good, too. Killmonger and uh, Ross look pretty good. Yeah, they do. They do. The Deadpool Uncanny X-Force looks good. Yeah. The Omega Red looks good, too. Yeah. Okay, can we just say it? They all look freaking great. Is that Deadpool in boxer shorts? Yes. Awesome. The Deadpool X-Men uniform. Lady Deadpool. Uh, mm-hmm. Omega, Omega, uh, Omega Red looks great. Bishop looks great. The Ant-Man Marvel Legends looks awesome. Wasp looks awesome. And then the Ant-Man and Stinger Le- Legends characters from Astonishing mm-hmm. Ant-Man. Right. So then then uh, with Mighty Mugs back, uh, these are something where you push their head down and it changes their face or their facial mm-hmm. expression. Um, some new ones have been re- announced for th- that are coming with it, such as Cap. Um Ant-Man? Did they actually put a... They, yeah, his, his... They put a facial expression on him with his mask down. Uh, Wasp, Thor, Thanos. Thanos is kind of cute. Star-Lord. Eh, Star-Lord's okay. Iron Man. Iron Man's pretty cool. Um, so that's pretty much it. Then, a, a new cool item's coming this spring called Hero Vision. An Iron Man AR experience, which combines traditional role play with augmented reality technology or AR technology. Um, and let's and let's those using it face off with Thanos. Oh, dude, this this is a Viewmaster on steroids. Yeah, it is. I, it, that's what it looks like. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, it is. Imagine if you had this tied in with um, with the Disney Play system. I can't think of the name of it because it didn't last very long. Disney Infinity? No. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, oh. One with the little figures, right? Yeah. Yes. And you wear, and you wear a glove-like unit. Yes. I can't remember the name Z- of it either. Zoe um, Melissa did the, the got to play test it at the stores. Yes. Oh, I can't remember. Play something. Playmation? Playmation. Yes. There yes. we go. So, yeah, I mean, th- this, this is going to be kind of kind of cool. Imagine if it was tied in with Playmation. And that then, would be cool. And then finally, you know, Nerf's got this thing called Rival, where instead of darts, is like Nerf balls. Right. Mm-hmm. How about Deadpool Nerf Rival Apollo XV 700 pistol? Mm-hmm. It's a Deadpool-themed painted Rival pistol. Nothing yeah. major, but the artwork's kind of cool. Yeah. That's it. So that's what we have there. Well, okay. Um, can we just go ahead and just talk about a movie that came out last weekend? Um, because sure. apparently we didn't talk enough about it last weekend. Um, <laughs> little, little movie, maybe you've heard of it, Black Panther. Um, never heard of it. Never heard of it? Never well, of apparently it. neither has anybody else because it's just killing it at the box office. Um it looks to be so far, so far uh, as of last numbers, it has uh, amassed four hundred and ninety-one million dollars worldwide. Wow! Is expected is expected to pass the half billion mark some point during the day today. The day being Thursday, February twenty-second, uh, and it looks to possibly be the fourth film in history to uh, to uh, to deliver a second weekend. Of over a hundred million. What? Yes. Uh, they are Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Jurassic World, The Avengers, and Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Wow. 
that's pretty rarefied air. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it has uh, it, it's it has uh, it, it is the fifth largest opening of all time. Well, it's just I- it, it's it's just smashing it, just about every box office record you can think, and it's just it's just going on. It, it's it it has helped Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company, already top the one billion dollar mark at the worldwide box office in twenty eighteen. That's insane. Dude, we're only 52 days in. 52 days in to 2018 and and, and Disney's already, you know, hitting a billion dollars at the box office. I, I and mean, ha- this, roughly half of that is coming from this one movie. I mean, this this movie's had, uh, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this movie You're has wrong. made already made more money than uh uh Justice League. Well, we're we're talking DC, Marvel. That's comparing gold to lead. Ooh, snap. <laughs> did I say that? I think you did. I okay. think you did, dude. But but here's here's one little thing though. It, it is it, one I guess you'd call this a side effect. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know, you call it a side effect. This is just kind of a uh, a thing cuz we we all know that the the African country of Wakanda, Wakanda, excuse me. Wakanda is fictional, right? Right. Right. Okay. There is a village in Illinois. It's called a village. It's got a population around 13,700 and change. Um, It is called Wakanda, okay? It is spelled W-A-U-C-O-N-D-A, okay? Not W-A-K-A-N-D-A. Right. But it's pronounced the same. Um, This city, this village, excuse me, this village has been getting a lot of of phone calls asking for if they have any vibranium on hand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's awesome. Okay, it's... um, the in uh, I'm reading this article. It's from uh, Hollywood Reporter. This uh, this lady, uh, uh, she's the executive assistant to the village administrator and mayor. Uh, since the movie opened last weekend, she has received communications from fans via calls and email. Uh, she she knows nothing about it other than she knows that the film is there, but that's about it. Um, she says someone called and asked how we pronounce the village name, and when I told him, he began yelling Wakanda forever. <laughs> And she says, which I am guessing is from the film. Now, yeah. there, there's also been there, – there's a high school. There, there is a the, – the Wakanda High School. Uh, some people have called asking for them to change their mascot to a Black Panther. That's they're, they're currently the Bulldogs. No, they need, they need <laughs> to go Black Panthers. And, yes. and the principal said the mascot's going to remain a Bulldog. So it's – it's they're they're missing it's just, out. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, yeah, you, you have you have a comic named after you. I'm just saying, you know. Well, they said the the village has no plans to play it up. Although uh, Hartsfield Jackson International Airport in Atlanta has uh, offered a flight to Wakanda. Oh, have you seen what Orlando International Airport did? No. They formally announced a new service flying out of Orlando to Wakanda. Um, Wakanda Air. Really. Yes. You know, the problem with doing that is somebody is going to think you're serious and try to take you up on it. <laughs> yes, they are. And, and when sad. they when they realize they can't, although I'm just going to say Wakanda Pavilion coming to World Showcase, it's got to happen. Yes, it does. Yes. Yes, yes, does. yes, 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 it does. Oh, I forgot one thing that very important that came out of, from Hasbro at Toy Fair. Images of the Dr. Afra Star Wars Vintage Line figure. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you very much. Have y'all not seen Ooh. this? No, 
I have not seen no. this. Oh. Now, when they said vintage line, this isn't the one that's like just really stiff and barely articulated. No, no this is the one fully articulated that looks like it came from the old vintage figures, like how we grew up. Are you talking about like the, the 78 line of Kenner action figures? Yes. Yes, very much so. Oh, snap. Yeah, this is one I would be uh, buying too. So the the question becomes, the the, the question just becomes, if you're the one who created Dr. Afra. How is the? How are you reacting to just seeing all this Afromania? Well, we need to figure out how to get Karen Gillian on to ask him that question. Well, so, so I sent you a picture of, right. and then I sent you a picture of what the packaging for the vintage line looks like. But the Dude, Afra you, looks was a pic Rogue One Imperial assault tank. No, I oh, didn't. there she. That's how it came up with me. How did that happen? I have no idea, but I am seeing the pictures. I went to the index page. I'm seeing the pictures, and I am loving them. Oh, mercy. Afra is amazing. Like I said, I want two, please. One staying in the bag or in the package. The other one's coming out because I want to do my display. I have a display in mind that I want to do. But anyhow, um... We have one last quick story. That would be yes. Kylan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> first, I think this is kind of funny. So, uh, apparently, uh, the Sony chief threw a sandwich at Kevin Feige over the Spider-Man deal. We don't want your money. We want your food. Yeah, did I, she call her food fight when she did it? Uh, I, I, I don't. You know, you would think that that would have been the case because all of a sudden now I got that classic scene from Animal House in my head. Yes. Uh, yeah, I got to know what kind of sandwich was it? Because if it was like a Philly cheesesteak, that could have gotten messy. Well, you, you know what? Number one, I would never throw a Philly cheesesteak. I feel like I respect that sandwich too much <laughs> for anybody. And I would like to think that uh, especially if you're just CEO of Sony. Hashtag, I would like to be. In honor of the Philadelphia Eagles, hashtag fly, cheesesteak fly. <laughs> <laughs> now, and, and respect I, and I the provolone, man. Respect the provolone. I'm, and I'm saying, I'm, re, I'm, yes. say, I'm saying possible show title. I'm good with that. Okay. Fly, cheesesteak fly. I, yeah, so I'm sorry. I, we're distracting. We're distracting Kylan from. Please, Kylan, you're, you're, continue. But see, you you started talking about the cheesesteak, and I started thinking back to when I had that one in Philadelphia, and it was amazing. But I'm sorry, I digress. Pastor Genos. Uh, we did uh, Genos. Wait, wait, uh, wait! No, 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 no! Because Geno's is the big one, right? No, we did Pats. We did Pats. I, me personally, we were I like them both. I, I'm not partial. I, 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 I went to Pats and uh, and we had the um, so and I, and I had the provolone with the onion and all, you know because they give you yep, the yep. way to order it. Oh, it's amazing. Anyway, provolone with. Uh, oh man, that was so. Anyway, I digress. So yeah, so apparently. Uh, when uh, so when Feige made his play, uh, now this was back in 2014. Um, as Sony's pictures, Sony Pictures was facing uh, what they would consider an uncertain future for the character. Uh, now that year, uh, that was the year that Amazing Spider-Man Two had, uh, even though it earned like 700 million, it, the critics didn't like it. It was actually considered a commercial failure. You know, I think 
think ultimately uh, the profit from that movie was twenty million. Uh, so and so because Sony uh, had planned to use the movie as a launch pad for Spidey spinoffs like uh, the Senator Six, uh, which just didn't happen. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. So when uh, um, Feige approaches them. Uh, he, uh, let's see, Feige reportedly had a lunch meeting with then Sony Pictures chairperson Amy Pascal, where he pitched her an idea, launch a new Spider-Man film and let Marvel produce it. Pascal, according to Fritz, didn't take it well. Ms. Pascal was so offended, Fritz wrote, that she threw her sandwich at him and told him only half-jokingly to get the Blank out. bleep out. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, and he says half-joking. Well, so, and obviously, it uh, goes on to say, despite that test the initial meeting, Sony and Marvel kept talking and ultimately reached a new deal on Spider-Man. And, you know, the rest is more or less history. So it doesn't tell me what kind of sandwich it was, but uh, apparently it was a wise move because Spider-Man Homecoming did very well. And, Spider-Man you know, Homecoming was the Spider-Man movie we wanted and needed. It was. Jarvis it was really behind was. with his censoring of... <laughs> you had one job, Jarvis. <laughs> So yeah, so so you know we so no, but because this deal, we also got him in Civil War, which I felt like made it feel like a. I almost felt like even though this was a the cinematic take of the Civil War story, but it felt like it almost jumped from the page onto the big screen with the addition of Spider Man. It felt right. It really did. It really did. And you know the way Tony and Peter, you know that that interaction they have especially in homecoming wow so it's almost like a father-son relationship that they don't want to admit is a father-son relationship yeah, yeah would, 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 would you want tony stark as your dad not particularly you no know, just except saying. when it comes to birthday money uh all the birthday money man what would the parties be like anyway uh <laughs> so yeah end up being legal drinking age tony stark is a great dad to have <laughs> Uh, I don't know oh. what you're talking about. Oh my gosh! I could. Uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah. So you know, a sandwich was thrown. I would like to know what kind of sandwich it was. I would now, like see, to see. That's 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 the hard hitting journalism we need in this world. We do. We do. It uh, was I a know, Reuben. You know, was, you know, I I could see it being a Reuben. I could see it, it was, too. Maybe it was a sandwich you didn't like. Maybe it was a bad Reuben. Maybe it was tuna salad. Oh. Tuna salad is a sandwich that's meant for home. See? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well I got. on that note, how about a little of this? It's the picks of the week. Of course, we want to thank the Shazbots for the use of the song Comic Book Shop. Um, I will start us off since I've got the MU pick and I'm going to go with, unfortunately, it's a very sad time. Mm. This is written by Christopher. It's by Christopher Hastings and Gary, Gary Hiru, Gwenpool number 25. Lost in the plot part two, Gwen's future page count is running low, but her thirst for superhero fun and adventure is high as is as high as ever. What a better time than the present to knock off, join the Avengers from her bucket list. And I say this is a sad time because this is her final book. Mm. So they they're wrapping the series with this. Do you need a Kleenex, Mike? Uh, 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 no, I got. I just got something in my eye. I think it's allergies. Or something. It's, yeah, allergies. 
So, <laughs> anyhow, um, Kylan, why don't you go next? All right, uh, my first pick is Moon Knight, number 192. Uh, the writer is Max Bemis. The artist is Jason Burroughs. And the cover artist is Jason Burroughs. Crazy runs in the family, part five. Sun King and Bushman lure Mark to a tropical isle with irresistible bait. What madness awaits Moon Knight on this strange island? Will he even survive the voyage? Interesting. Eric, you're up. Okay, my first pick of the week is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, number 28. Never heard of it. See, see, I'm the one that picking this free title. That's why I'm giddy that it's that that it's impossible development. So we have Fantastic Three Part Four. Smarter than Moon Girl, stronger than the thing, hotter than the human torch. What mystery man can outmatch Marvel's newest hero family? The Fantastic Three are put to the test, and this is one team, Lanella Lafayette, the smartest there is, might not pass. At least not with a little help. Okay. Well, my second pick is written by Charles Soule, and art is by Giuseppe Carmicoli. It's Darth Vader number 12. We have hit that year mark. Well, not quite. I think they doubled up on some issues some last year, considering this didn't come out until, what, May? Yeah. I think. Um, An expensive bounty has been put on Darth Vader's head. Who would dare try to challenge the Dark Lord's place in the Empire? Well, I can think of a few people, even way back then. So, uh, Kylan, you're number two. My number two is Black Panther, number 170. Other uh, writers, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Artist is Leonard Kirk. And the cover artist is Phil Noto. Claw Stands Supreme, part five. Featuring an interview with Ryan Coogler, director of Marvel Studios' Black Panther. With Storm back at his side, T'Challa finally confronts Ross the Exhorter, the mysterious villain summoning dark creatures to Wakanda. But what the Black Panther learned will shake all he believes. Who is Rossix Hoarder, and what is his connection to T'Challa's old foes? And to celebrate the release of Marvel Studios' Black Panther movie, the issue includes an exclusive interview with the film's director, Brian Coogler and Ta-Nehisi Coates. Okay. Eric, your second pick. My second pick. Second pick. I was about to say second peak, but uh, that would make it Twin Peaks, and that's just not the same show. My second pick of the week is Doctor Strange 386, written by Donnie Coates, art by Nico Henrichen. A damnation tie-in. Doctor Strange bet on his ability to restore Las Vegas and got his prize, with some satanic strings attached. Now he's going double or nothing to set things right. How did he get back to full power, and will it be enough when he's gambling for his life? All right. Well, my final pick of the week is written by Chip Zdarsky, artist by Adam Kubert, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, number 300. Well, no, this is one that legend numbering um, that we talked about before. It was one of those, hey, issue number one. I think they went through like number three, then all of a sudden, hey, look there, 297. What? Okay. Uh, Most Wanted Part 4, an oversized anniversary ep- epic told only the way your preeminent pals in the Spidey office know how in Mighty Marvel Manor. Uh, see, apparently they're listening to us because they used two-thirds of our name. For weeks, for weeks, the Tinkerer has been launching a campaign against his do-gooder brother, the Mason. And Spidey's nearly met his maker more than once trying to stop their sibling rivalry. 
With a little help from a tech-heavy team of Marvel heroes, Spider-Man takes this fight directly to the Tinkerer, but Tinkerer's got tech of his own. So, Kylan, your your number three pick. My number three pick is Star Wars Jedi of the Republic Mace Windu trade paperback. Uh, the writer is Matt Owens. The artist is Dennis Cowan. The cover artist is Jesus Sace, uh, one of the most revered Jedi masters of all stars in his own solo series. Learn all there is to know about man, the myth, the legend, Mace Windu. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi have been the peacekeepers keepers of the galaxy but as the clone wars dawn they find themselves in a new role generals in the army of the republic as mace windu one of the order's greatest warriors leads a small unit into battle can the jedi make peace with their new role or will they be lost to the violence around this is collecting uh, a star wars jedi the republic mace windu issues one through five okay and eric your final pick my final pick of the week is despicable deadpool number 290 Written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Matteo Lali. With cover art by Mike Hawthorne. Bucket list part four. Wade continues checking off his bucket list. Deadpool continues to wrap up his remaining business. You know, just in case. This time. Okay. Well, I've got the MU pick this week. And what is the rule about spoilers? 24 hours? 48 hours? Uh, We enjoy them. Yeah. That too. (laughs) When yogurt goes bad, how can you tell? Yeah, that's not my pick. That's a different kind of spoiler. Okay. Yes. So for TV spoilers, it's how long? We used to go a week. Okay, well... Okay, just just hit the spoiler alert button, and we'll just continue on. Yeah, there you go. Oh, let me find Mr. Phil for us. As opposed to Doc... Spoiler alert. There we go. My pick for this week's Marvel Unlimited pick is in honor of a great man who an unfortunate incident happens to him in the mid-season return of the final season of Star Wars Rebels. My fir- my Marvel Unlimited pick is Kanan number one. It was written by Greg Wiseman. Cover artist was Mark Brooks. Kanan Jarrus in Star Wars Rebels. He's cocky, sarcastic, renegade fighting with the Galactic Empire alongside the ragtag ghost of the crew. But years before, at the height of the Clone Wars, he was simply known as Caleb Doom. Jedi Padawan under the instruction of Jedi Master Deepa Bilba. Bilaba. Neither master nor apprentice ever suspected that the clone troopers they commanded would turn on them upon issuing of Order 66, the order to execute all Jedi. How did Caleb Doom sub- survive? How did he learn to survive on his own? And how did he become the man we know as Kanan Jars? So that's the MU pick of the week. Oh. So cool. do, do I do I need to go a little further on why it it's it's this title? Uh you can tell me because I'm I'm so behind it's not even funny, so well, in, in this 10th episode, which is being used to bring Rebels to a close, because this is the final season, Kanan dies while rescuing and protecting Hera. Wow. Okay. Mm. Yep. Does he become one with the Force? He does. Yeah, big fireball. Oh, cool. It was a death scene that so, was hot. So so there's oh, a chance dude. he could come back as a Force ghost. Quite possibly. So, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Eric? No, no. I'm thought it out for the moment. Well, I'm going to leave you guys with this, or leave everyone with this, because it kind of fits in with the Olympics. Text trans- transaction between Captain America and Black Panther. I love that. 
Yes. Captain America. Will Wakanda be sending any representatives to the Winter Olympics? Black Panther. No. More of a summer sports country? We are in every sport country, but we do not compete in the Olympics since the incident. The attack on New York? No, the Wakanda Winter Olympics incident of night of 84. We made a bobsled out of vibranium. Vibranium. Man, you guys have way too much of that stuff. What happened? It broke too many records? No, it shot through the earth like a bullet and was never seen again. It was the coolest tragedy of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so, on that note, um, if no one else has anything else, we hope to see, hope to have you guys listen to us next week. And until next time. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. Okay, so I do have a thought. Okay. If Amy Pascal was going to throw a sandwich at you, what would be the least, the, the, the last sandwich you would ever want her to throw? Tuna fish. For me, it's a Monte Cristo. Tuna fish. Now, see, uh, you take a Monte Cristo, you deep fat fry it, that thing becomes really hard. It's almost like a thrown weapon at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you put somebody's eye out with that. But if I would say if it's an egg McMuffin from McDonald's, those English muffins are killer too. Right. Uh, that's just one step away from being an edible hot puck right there. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable.